Good evening and welcome to the second episode of the RS Media Live podcast. Tonight I'm joined by none other Mike Arneman and none other Russ Vernon. So good evening, Mike. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Um, doing pretty well, actually. Just uh, done one of my SFC interviews, the 34th one of them a little while ago. Uh, with former goalkeeper Mark Westhead, who used to play at Blackpool and uh, Wickham as well. Um, so rattling uh, through those at the moment. But yeah, I'm doing well, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. And good evening, Russ. How are you doing? Good evening, Mike. Good evening, Mike. Hopefully both doing well. I'm fine over here. I'm just been watching the football yet yesterday over the past few days with the Nations League. And I'm getting ready now for the start of the Premier League season as well and looking forward to this podcast looking forward to the second week of this podcast i enjoyed it last week and i'm looking forward to it this week as well how are you doing are you having a good week so far yep a good week good stuff mate so the first thing we're going to talk about uh, we haven't got a screen for this because it doesn't happen that often uh is the game between England and Denmark, which was yesterday, and the game between England and Iceland, which was on Saturday. And to bring you all that, Russ is going to do us a little segment on it. Thank you, Ray. Yes, I watched both of these games, guys. If you if you watch this as well, let us know what you thought of this as well but the first game England won 1-0 Kyle Walker sent off two stupid bookings first one I didn't think was a booking second one it was a booking all on a booking stupid to make a challenge like that England then got a penalty Raheem Sterling scored it and that first minute cool calm and collected straight down the middle then Iceland got a penalty and they missed it thanks to James Ward-Prowse actually, because he scuffed the penalty spot just before the Icelandic player took his penalty while the referee was talking to the Icelandic players and England players and Jordan Pickford as well, so behind the referee's back. And then Iceland missed it. On to, yes, it was a fairly even game, that one, to be fair. Iceland behind the ball, England trying to break them down, couldn't really break them down. On to, yes, this game against Denmark, 0-0, England had the best chance towards the end when Harry Kane went through, rounded Kasper Schmeichel, shot towards goal, but Raheem Sterling didn't follow up, he should have followed up, because if he had followed up and slid in, he would have pulled the ball into the back of the net, but Zanke, the former Huddersfield man, managed to clear his lines and behind for corners, Denmark set up to set up for a point. They had a few chances as well, thanks to Eric Dyer getting too close to former Tottenham man Christian Eriksen, now at Inter, and managed to turn and fire over the bar. Karen Phillips made his England debut for 76 minutes and had a fantastic game, going to the game as it went on in the second half. I thought he should have been substituted in that game. I felt like he'd never been away. I felt like he played for England quite a while. Declan Rice... And Eric Dyer, on the other hand, was very, very poor last night. And as I was, and as if, he, and pardon the pun here, Dyer was absolutely dire last night. Couldn't pass the ball straight. And if, every time Phillips was in space, 
We're passing it beyond him, straight to either our wide to the left where we kept losing it, or beyond him, straight to a Denmark player. We played him in, in space, could have played it out wide. And once we played it out wide through the midfield, that's where we heard Denmark quite a bit yesterday. But straight balls over the top or straight out wide from defence, they dealt with him quite comfortably. But once we played him out wide, did well and could have won that. I would say, yes, this was a fair result. And overall, on Saturdays, I think that was a fair result as well. So back over to Rai to continue with the show. Rai, over to you, my friend. So if anyone has any thoughts on either of them games, you can drop them in the comments that are live. Um, we can also read them out for you if you send them to me privately on RS Media's Facebook, Twitter and YouTube pages. We are also live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Twitch. So the first thing we're going to review after the England setup is the Carabao Cup games from last weekend. So we start with Friday, the September the 4th. Um, we'll have the Carabao Cup logo coming up. So that comes up for five minutes. That no, five seconds, sorry. Uh, for, first game that we will talk about was the first game of the Carabao Cup first round, and that was Middlesbrough for Shrewsbury three. Um, I what I actually got to watch this game live streamed from Borough TV thanks to Mike who kindly donated the money to pay for this um so i got to watch it and when burr went in well conceded after 13 minutes with um high it was scott high who scored after 13 minutes i thought we were in for a battering but then Marvin Johnson, or a.k.a. Harry Burgoyne, own goal, depending on who you're looking at, had a scuff shot, keeper spilled it, Harry Burgoyne put it into his own net to make it 1-1. Uh, and then Ashley Fletcher scored a close-range tap-in, good run, and he played really well, I thought. So he scored again after 31 minutes. And then on the 53rd minute, just after the break, Burrow went 3-1 up. So to go into the break, 2-1 up, and then go go and win 3-1, uh, go and get a third, I was like, oh, this is quite comfortable now. We're, maybe we can sit back a bit. Nope. Jason Cummins came up in the... 60th minute to score and he took it really well and then I was like oh is this gonna be it but the goal that Ashley Fletcher scored in the 53rd minute it was close to being offside 
Harry Burgoyne was asking for it to be offside because Lewis Wing had a shot from distance. It cannoned back off the post and Ashley Fletcher flung the ball down into his... Um, into the ground and it went over Burgoyne. And then Jason Cummins scored the 60th minute. Then Marcus Tavernier restored the two-goal advantage with a good goal. And then Real Pike, his last touch of the game before he got substituted, he he scored a good goal and I thought Shrewsbury were going to get back in this. And unfortunately they didn't, but they have got a good side. So I'm going to go over to Mike and ask him what he thought of this. Um, yeah, so I thought it was a good game. I uh, didn't see it myself. I've seen highlights of it since, but I think, um, you know, when uh, Shrewsbury went 1-0 up, of course, um, I, I know uh, you were a little bit, you know, nervy in that aspect. Um, and I, I think you uh, were saying that you think Shrewsbury could have gone on and maybe got another goal or two and, you know, maybe gone 2-0 two, two up or whatever. Um, and then, of course, uh, Middlesbrough went 3-1 up um, just uh, with those two goals in the first half of going 2-1 at the break and then getting the one just about seven or eight minutes after half time as well to make it 3-1. Um, and, of course, uh, you know, I'm sure when it went back to 3-2 and um, even to 4-3 as well, you were a little bit nervy there in, in that aspect. And, um, you know, I've, I've seen uh, some of the goals. I thought some of the goals were quite quite good, actually. Um I think it was uh, the, Shrewsbury, the Shrewsbury first goal by High. I thought that was uh, a nice finish. Um, and even, uh, I think it was Tavernier's goal was pretty decent as well, if I remember rightly. Um, for, for Middlesbrough, I think one of Fletcher's as well was uh, one that I liked. But yeah, it was uh, not a convincing win. And um, of course, uh, Middlesbrough have still got a little bit to adapt to there defensively. Um, but overall, it's uh, you know early days of the season. And I'm sure they're just glad to be in the hat for the next round. Yeah, I mean, I was happy about it as well because, one, our defence wasn't the strongest. We did have two players out on international duty in George Savile and Paddy McNair. So I was a bit shaky, but, I, I mean, I managed to predict the team. I got one member of the team out. And I didn't think he was going to be involved at all, but he was. And hopefully they can bring some more players in. So, Russ, what was your thoughts on this game? Right, to be honest, I thought once I saw that Shrewsbury had gone one nil up, a bit like Mike, I thought Shrewsbury might have gone on to get two, maybe three goals, especially we either played last season in cup competitions against Liverpool and to them to replay Townfield. I thought they might have gone on to try and cause another shock here in knockout championship side, but it wasn't to be. The put up a great fight though and I just want to say thanks for sending me some of the goals across right after the game had finished and then saw the rest of it on this guy's boss happened on quests. Highlights and I thought it was a fantastic game. Good goals from both sides. The second one from Ashley Fletcher, I that you mentioned, 
I thought he was going to be offside, the one in the 53rd minute. thought he was going to be flagged for offside, but obviously he didn't come and Steve and Middlesbrough managed to hold on for the last few minutes. I thought Shrewsbury could have maybe got a draw to take it to penalties, but overall I think Warnock would be happy with the team's performance, but not happy with conceding the way he did, and he must have got into him in the half-time to fire him up for the second half, which... Obviously, it is for him to come out and fire and get another two goals. Despite Shrewsbury also getting another two goals in the second half. and But I think one could be happy going in. And, then, and those defensive errors and defensive mistakes that were played or showed throughout the game, maybe he can work on that prior to the Waffle game on Friday and hopefully get him out of the system. So they don't make the same mistakes in the league opener. Well, and another stat here is it was Borough's first victory of the 2020 year. It was the first win since Boxing Day as well, So, which is quite a while, especially nine, nine months after playing games. You only you didn't win at home, but you were winning away from home. Uh, the next game that we we'll talk about is the second game that was on Friday. Um, it was the Burton Albion one, Atkington Stanley one. I didn't see much of this um, as I was preparing for my great uncle's birthday, but. I did see that it finished 1-1 with Barton scoring after 32 minutes with Lewis Aikens, Lucas Aikens. And then Accrington scored with Cameron Burgess in the 82nd minute. And then Barton were... Hang on, let me... Just make sure I get this right. Yeah, Burton just yeah. just uh, I just got that in front of me. They won four two on yeah. penalties. So Burton won four two on penalties. So, what's your thoughts on this, Russ? I excuse me. So sorry about that. Just with the technical edge, press the my button twice. Same to me, but as I was going to say, I thought for the highlights I saw Burton. Played well. Accrington did well to get back into it towards the end to take it to penalties. And I thought Burton overall showed the more determination and more quality to to actually win. Looking at the stats from this game, they had 18 shots compared to Accrington's seven with three of those on target. And Accrington only having one in and then more possession as well with 52 compared to 48% possession, Burton. And Burton at home under new manager, who is managerial debut, seems to have got everything ticking for him already. Players seem to know what they're doing. They defended really, really well. And were very harsh to concede late on. We had minutes to go, but I think Accrington were very... We're looking on the penalties. Penalties is a lottery. Anyone can come in a penalty shootout, as he proved in the Community Shield as well. But all I'm going to say is I thought Burton 
over the from the highlights and from what I've listened to people who actually saw the game. I thought Burton did actually deserve to win it overall, and so congratulations to them and congratulations to Jay Buxton on his first win in his manage on his managerial debut as well. Yep. Uh, and over to you, Mike. Yeah, so um, I think it was quite an even game, actually. I only saw the highlights as well because Friday, of course, being my birthday, I was out for the night and uh, didn't see any of the games live that day. Um, but uh, I thought it was a, a pretty even game, really, in terms of um, chances created. And, uh, yeah, of course, um, Burton uh, won it on uh, penalties in the end with the, the lottery there. Um, and, of course, it's always uh, good to see Lucas Aikens pop up with a goal as well, former Stevenage man. And, um, you know, uh, he didn't really have the, the greatest of times when he was playing down here in uh, you know, the, the, the red and white um, of the borough down at the Lamax. And uh, to go on and do what he's done at Burton is, uh, is fantastic, really. And, um, you know, just want to wish him all the best. And, uh, yeah, um, it's a good result for Burton to, to get the penalties there. And, um, you know... Uh, you know, come out on top in the end. Um, but no, I think uh, overall it was a fairly even game and uh, could have gone either way, yeah. So we'll move on to Saturday, which is Saturday, September the 5th. Uh, we've got Derby nil, Barrel nil. Derby winning 3-2 on penalties. Plummer 3, QPR 2. Corley 1, Millwall 3. Gillingham 1, Southend 0, Bristol City 2, Exeter 0, Warsaw 0, Sheffield Wednesday 0, Sheffield Wednesday winning 4-2 on penalties, Barnsley 1, Nottingham Forest 0, Birmingham 0, Cambridge 1. Yeah, just, uh, just briefly, I just wanted to say there as well, we actually, on last week's podcast, um, touched on what potential upsets there could have been. And one of the ones I threw out there was Cambridge getting a, a victory at Birmingham. So I'm sure we'll touch on that shortly. Uh, but sorry to interrupt there, Ryan. I just wanted to mention that briefly. Yep. Bolton 1, Bradford 2. Crew 1, Lincoln 2. Fleet 1, 3, Wigan 2. Forest Green Rovers 1, Leighton Orient 2. Grimsby 1, Morecambe 1. Morecambe winning 4-3 on penalties. Ipswich 3, Bristol Rovers 0. Luton 3, Norwich City 1. Melton Keynes Dons 0, Coventry 1. Newport 2, Swansea 0. Northampton 3, Cardiff 0. Oldham 3, Carlisle 0. Oxford United won, Wimbledon won, with Oxford United winning 4-3 on penalties. Peterborough 0, Cheltenham 1. Reading 3, Colchester United 1. Huddersfield 0, Rochdale 1. Salford City 1, Rotherham United 1. Salford City winning... 4-2 on penalties. Scumthorpe 1, Port Vale 2. Sunderland 0, Hull City 0. Hull City winning 5-4 on penalties. Swindon 1, Cholton 3. 
and you got Charmia Rovers one, Harrogate Town one, and Harrogate Town winning eight seven on pens. So the first thing we'll talk about we'll talk about Derby now Barrow now. Um for me, I didn't get to see this game due to having a party for my great uncle's 70th birthday. Um, I was pretty shocked when I saw this result as no, no, but Derby to win three, two on pens. So what's your thoughts on this, Mike? Yeah, I think uh, Burrow done well to, you know, come out of the 90 minutes with a nil, nil there. Um, and of course, that's where Stephen is going to for the first league game on uh, Saturday, which we'll touch on when we get to League Two a little bit later as well. Um, but I think, uh, you know, they've, they've got a decent um, back line now. They've got quite a solid defence, quite a good uh, attacking way of playing football as well. Um, and of course, they're a little bit unfortunate to lose out in the lottery of penalties in the end because, uh, yeah, they, they gave Derby um, a good game actually there. And um, yeah, they were uh, definitely unfortunate to be on the losing end. And over to you, Russ. Well, I uh, saw this game, obviously, because it was on Sky last Saturday. And Barrow very unlucky not to win it in normal time. They had a chance. I'm not sure it was. Got played through. Only the keeper to be tried chipping him and he went over the bar and just wide of the purse as well towards the end, so I thought they were very unlucky not to go, th- to go through in normal time. And then, as I mentioned previously, penalties are a lottery and anyone can win on that day. And unfortunately for Barrow, their spot kicks weren't up to scratch and Derby went through. And good luck to Derby in the next round and good luck to them in the upcoming season. I know my team had a bit of Issue with him in the past due to Frank Lampard and that in the playoffs last no, last season season before, but I've got a couple of mates who are Derby fans and wish him all the best this season and I thought they were very fortunate to win that one there. I thought Barrow deserved to win it overall. What about you, Robert? Did you think Barrow deserved to win it from the eyes you saw? I've not watched any of the game, so I couldn't comment on this. So we'll move on to Plymouth Argyle 3, QPR 2. And I did get to see this. Kindly donated. Mike kindly paid for this again. Um, very good lad. I'm glad that he did this. Um, with Argyle going down um, 1-0 after 67 seconds through... Ryan Manning and then Argo pegged it back in the 32nd minute with Joe Edwards who was playing at right wing back for Argo then Danny Mayer who plays on the left side of the centre mids in a 3-5-2 formation um, cut in on his right foot and scored um, within a couple minutes, um, QPR managed to 
bring it back level with a goal from their right back, which is Osman Kai Kai. And then in the 78th minute, Frank Noble, who was sent in the box for McConnor Grant's cross, sent Frank Noble and he beat Joe Lumley quite comfortably. Joe Lumley couldn't save it and went on to win 3-2. So I was really proud of the boys. Um, it was just very cagey at first when you lose a goal after 67 seconds. But we fought back, did well, and we managed to get a victory which against a higher opposition team, which is good, especially when we got Leighton Orient in the second round of the Carabao Cup, which is good. And then we got Tottenham, if whoever wins, between Argo and Leighton Orient, which is confirmed to be next Tuesday at 7.45. So... Over to Russ on this first. To be honest, well, I didn't really see much of this game, obviously, because I didn't have the privilege to watch it. But from the highlights I saw, I thought QPR were very unlucky. Yeah, more. I think from work, from the highlights, said more possession, more shots on target. And that's so they deserve to go through, I think. But credit to Plymouth and Ryan Lowe. Got his team selection spot on. And Frank Nublet took his goal well to win it for Argyle. And because for me, I think if it weren't for Nublet's goal, obviously it would have gone to penalties. But I think. Argyle could have easily lost after that. I thought could have easily gone to penalties. And it's good to see Elias Chair get an assist as well for Ryan Manning's goal. He set up his goal with a cross as well. That was a good cross from Elias Chair and a good header from Manning. You know Manning well from his time when he was on loan at Rotherham. Very good player. And I think he could think he will work well for QPR and seems to be fitting in quite well there. So far, so hopefully that can continue for him but good luck to Argyle for the season especially with Scott Wooten the ex-leads man in there as well Argyle at the moment as well and Kellen Watts on loan from Newcastle will be interested to see how he does for this season I see him game majority minutes so good luck to Argyle and good luck to QPR but I think QPR from Warsaw deserve to take to at least penalties and then anything can happen in a penalty shootout. And over to you, Mike. Yeah, so this is a great result for, for Plymouth in my eyes. I think, you know, um, to beat QPR, a team that are um, in the league above you is a, is a great result anyway, but to do it from going 1-0 down that early is a really, you know, shows the character of the Plymouth boys there um, to, you know, get the equaliser, um, to go in level at the break. 
and then to go two one up and then to concede again as well and then to have the um you know the opportunity there to make it three two through uh Nuble there as well um yeah it's a, it's an excellent win for Plymouth um I didn't really see too much of the game myself but um yeah as I said that's uh, a real solid performance from from Plymouth there and uh I'm sure you know they would be very very pleased with that victory um you know to, to do it against QPR when you're, you're doing it against a team from a higher division is uh Excellent, as I, as I said. Anyway, but to do it from going one 0 down that early on, um, and and having you you know your your backs against the wall that early on, and still coming out on top is uh, is a big achievement for Plymouth. So uh, hopefully they can go on and, and beat Leighton Orient and then uh, get the, the dream tie against Spurs. Yeah, hopefully that does happen. We'll all know about that in next week's podcast. How Plymouth got on against Leighton Orient. We've, we will have score updates as well because there is games in the Carabao Cup next Wednesday as well. So we'll talk about that. Uh, so next we'll talk about Barnsley 1, Nottingham Forest now. I thought this is a, biggest shock, uh, a big shock for Forest, especially after missing out on the playoffs. And losing one 0 to Collywood Rolls go after forty nine minutes, especially from a team that got relegated to Skybet League One. So, what do you think of this, Mike? Um, just briefly, actually, before we touch on that, I'm just looking here that the Walsall and Sheffield Wednesday game was nil nil, and Sheffield Wednesday won it four two. But after extra time, I don't think they were playing extra time in that competition now. Yeah. A bit of a strange one there. <laughs> I think that's a glitch and I think there's a it I think it went for a penalty shootout straight away. But in regards to the what we were actually going to talk about, the Barnsley and Forest game, that's a great result for Barnsley. Um really uh yeah, good performance from them. Uh Woodrow's an excellent player as well, and uh, I think he'll be up there with uh, one of the higher goal scorers in that division. Uh, but no, you know, for me, this isn't uh, the biggest upset at all. There's a lot bigger upsets than this. And I'm sure the next game we'll get onto is uh, one of my you know, big upsets for, for the whole competition so far. Yeah. So what's your thoughts on this, Russ? Barn- Just to point out why Barnsley didn't get relegated last season. They stayed up in the championship. On the final day of the season, you mentioned that they got relegated, but they did stay up. Gerald Struber kept them up. But for this performance, we were listening to on the radio for the for the game with the updates coming through on the game from local radio. Barnsley deserved it. Forest didn't really threaten much in this game, but. Barnsley created a lot more chances and a lot more possession. And a player of Carl Woodrow's stature, you can't give him that bit of space and that much time for him to score like he did. And it was a fantastic goal from him as well as being impressive towards the end of last season. And it's sort of where he left, it off, left off as well. And... So I think they played very, very well 
in that game, Barnsley. I think they just, from what I heard and from the highlights I saw, I think they deserve to win it as well. Yeah. So move on to the next big uh, shock that happened in the Carabao Cup, which was Birmingham City now Cambridge United won. Mike's just pointed this out. I mean, I knew it was a shock because Cambridge United are in League Two, Birmingham City in the Championship, and Cambridge scored after 18 minutes through a goal from their centre-back, Robbie Cundy. So, what do you think of this, Russ? I don't really have much to say about this, to be honest. I didn't really see much of the highlights or anything about this, so I can't really comment on this. But I think, like I say, it's a shock. I expected Birmingham to win this game, but Cambridge proved me wrong and I saw the goal and it was a well-taken goal, but that's all I'll say, but I didn't really see much of this or much of the highlights, so I can't really comment on this game. Sorry, lads. Yeah, so, Mike? Yeah, so it was a very well-taken goal, actually, from Cundy. Uh, it was an excellent defensive performance from Cambridge United as well, going to Birmingham, who are two leagues above them, and uh, coming away with a you know surprising 1-0 victory there. Um, this is the same Cambridge United that got beat 4-0 by uh, Stevenage last season, bearing in mind that, you know, Stevenage only got three wins uh, and that was one of them. Um, and of course, they've strengthened pretty well. They've got Paul Digby and a former Stevenage player in the ranks over there at Cambridge now as well. Um, and of course, uh, he played a part in that game. And um, yeah, it was uh, a good result for Cambridge, really good result for Cambridge, actually. And uh, a big shock, big surprise. And um yeah, it's, uh, you know, we, we spoke about it last week. There was uh, going through potential shocks and I don't think anyone really picked that one out. Um, I mentioned it because I was looking at it and I was like, well, Cambridge have strengthened fairly well. Um, Birmingham are a little bit of a hit and miss side sometimes. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a competition, a cup competition where anything can happen as well. And uh, yeah, they, they were solid defensively, got the goal that they needed to uh, um, hang on to and they've done that really, really well. Yeah. It was a great performance from Cambridge there. So we'll go on to another shock that I think as well. Is Luton Town 3, Norwich 1. Uh, I mean, Luton have James Collins scoring after 79 from the penalty spot, 83rd minute, and then the 90 plus 5th minute. But they... Norwich did get one back through Kieran Dow on 81 minutes. And I think this is a brilliant game for James Collins, who, I mean, Luton stayed up last season. They, they've done well and they brought back Nathan Jones before the start of um, the resumption of last season, but I think he's got him playing. So, what do you think of this, Mike? Yeah, that's an excellent performance from Luton. Really great performance from James Collins as well. Excellent striker, um, and of course to, to get a hat trick there. Luton, of course, as you mentioned, stayed up at the end of last season. Um, 
Norwich were, was it last season they were relegated from the Premier League? That was, I am correct in saying that, aren't I? Um, With, uh, yeah, it was last, last season they were, they were relegated. Um, so uh, I think it's, you know, two teams that were competing at um, completely different leagues last season. And uh, yeah, Luton done really, really well there to get that victory. And um, I'm sure they'll go on and progress as well and, you know, do well this season. Um, that is actually, you know, they've actually played uh, Norwich in the past as well. They beat them in the FA Cup back in, I think it was 2013, 2014, something like that. Um, so there is a little bit of past history there, but, you know, uh, that's a great performance from Luton. And uh, I'm not too sure who they've got in the next round. But if, if you're going to Kenilworth Road as an away team, it's uh, always a tricky place to go to. Yeah, and over to you, Russ. Yes, as I said, I don't really have much to say about this because I didn't really see much of the highlights because they didn't really show much of the highlights of this on Quest or on Sky. They just showed mainly the goals. I thought the goals were well taken by James Collins. I thought it was a definite penalty as well. Kieran Dowell took his goal well for Norwich. But last season when Luton was in the Championship and managed to stay up, came to Ellen Road when we were back on the after the project restart causes a few problems that dated Luton and got a point when we should have really, when Leeds really should have won that game so they are a decent side and Norwich found that out and found out that they're not pushovers and there'll be no pushovers when the league campaign starts and when they meet in the league in a few I'm not sure if it's early part of the season or in a few months down the line but there will be definitely no pushovers this season for any championship side this season and why you must know about that with from when they played against Middlesbrough last season fighting to stay up they played some good football last season Luton and I reckon they'll play some decent again this season under Nathan Jones he's a very good manager for them and I didn't think he worked out for him at, Luton, at Stoke with Jones but he seems to do at Luton be like Eddie Howe and Bournemouth seem to wear there but not barely for Eddie Howe for whatever reason yeah, so we'll move on to Newport 2, Swansea nil. So the Newport scored after seven minutes and after 45 minutes from Tristan Abrahams. I didn't get to see much of the highlights on this, but from what I am gathering is that Newport actually were the better side. 12 shots, 5 on target to Swansea's 10 and 1 on target. So I think this is a great result for Newport. So what do you think of this, Russ? To be honest, out of the games we've mentioned, I'd say this is the biggest shock for me because Newport last season, we, could, we know what they could do when they not when they played against Leicester and Leeds a few seasons ago in the FA Cup against teams higher up than them in the division. But Newport, seem, we always thought we with our form normally was out to win against, especially against teams in the higher position. We've been a derby, but like a Welsh derby. And both Tristan Abrams took his goals well. The Peel through one of the goals to be offside, nowhere near offside. So I think Newport deserved to win that. 
Shrew Swansea have a lot of work to do if they are to get positive results from this season after that performance. But I think Steve Cook will have worked on that while they're training ahead of this weekend's game and will hopefully put, uh, learn to put that right this weekend. Yeah. And what do you think of this, Mike? Yeah, so Newport love a cop shot, don't they? Um, Leeds, Leicester, um, you know, they uh, went one and a half, if I remember rightly, against Spurs as well. Um, yes, they, they love a cop, uh, cop upset and um, they've they done well in this game against uh, a decent Swansea side as well. Um, Abraham's there getting two goals and getting himself off the mark early on as well, which is always great for a player to do. Um, and I think this is, uh, yeah, it's a good foundation for Newport there. And uh, yeah, as I said, they love a cup run. So uh, I'm sure they'll probably um, go on and, you know, knock out uh, bigger teams than Swansea along the way, either in this or the FA Cup this season, or maybe both. Yeah. The next one we're go going to talk about is the Salford City 1, Rotherham 1 and Salford City winning 4-2 on penalties. I know Russ is going to have quite a bit to talk about this, being Rotherham, being his hometown team. So I'm going to go to Mike first on this. Okay, so yeah, I think that was um, a fairly decent game actually as well. Um, pretty even, Salford going 1-0 up with a penalty in the 84th minute through Henderson. And then Rotherham getting into the uh, sorry, get, getting the equaliser, I should say, after ninety-five as well. Uh, when Salford looked like they were on the verge of, you know, holding on for the win, uh, and then Salford winning on penalties by four goals to two. So um, it's it's a strange uh, game football. Of course, you know, you think if Rotherham get the equaliser there, the momentum will probably be with Rotherham. Um, but you know, penalties is a lottery, as we say, and uh, yeah, the, the momentum kind of counted for nothing there, and. Uh, it's a good result for Salford. I think they're, um, you know, they've strengthened pretty well this season as well. They'll be up there, probably challenging for the playoffs in League Two, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, as I said, um, it's uh, a bit unfortunate in uh, in Rotherham's capacity there. Well, Rotherham's kind of, you know, um, way of way of dealing with things there because they obviously equalised and then uh, weren't able to use that to, to their advantage. And uh, Salford's got the job done in the end, although they could have done it in normal time. Yeah, so over to Russ on this. Yes, and from what I listened to on local radio and from people I've spoke to who's actually had this game, Rotherham were dominant throughout the Jamal Blackman or that anything to do other than any shots to save the keeper Blacker Adley Adley, should I say, kept Salford in this game. The first real Thing Blamin had to do, he came, came out, looked like he got and to the ball. Elliot went down in the box. Referee didn't think he got and to the ball and pointed to the spot and gave a penalty to Salford. That was Blamin's first real involvement in the game. Salford then took it away through Ian Anderson, despite Blackman going the right way. Then Matt Crooks heading later on for the Millers, who could have been out of sight in this one but couldn't. And then in the penalties, Salford's got all their penalties in the shootout. Rotherham missed through Calvacell. And then they scored through the Dapper. Sadly, a scored for the Millers as well. 
Joe Matic missed this penalty, so that's when Rotherham went out. But Salford would be happy with this. Rotherham, well, they thought they were the better side, and from what I can see, and from what I spoke to, they were the better side on the night. But as I said, penalties are a lot in. Good luck Salford in the next round, and hopefully they could. And good luck to the Millers this season. Hopefully they have a good season. And I just want to say well done to Rotherham United midfielder Matt Crooks. He's wearing the number 25 shirt this season in memory of his best mate, Jordan Sinnott, who was stabbed to death at the beginning of, last year, beginning of this year. So very well done to him. And hopefully he'll be proud of you. Scott, another weekend, Matt. Keep it going, my friend. And good luck to the Millers this season. Um, we've got a latest score, which is half time in the Salford City versus Man U under 23s in the Leasing.com trophy game. It's currently 2 0 to Man U through goals from Hannibal Mushbury after six minutes and Arna. Arno, Arno Pugmal Martinez after 29 minutes. Sorry, it was after eight minutes, the Hannibal Mersbury goal. So that's the latest in that game. Um, moving back to Saturday's Carabao Cup games. And the last one we'll talk about of the Saturday games is the Tramier one Harrogate Town won with Harrogate winning 8-7 on penalties. Tramia scoring after 64 minutes through James Vaughan. And then Harrogate Town scoring after 69 minutes through Lloyd Kerry. So I think this is a great result for... um. Harrogate, especially the first season in the Football League and to beat off Tramir as well who got relegated last season as well, so I think it's a great performance so well done to Harrogate there, so what do you think about this Russ? did well in this competition on the debut, I thought we could have won it in normal time. He had the chances to win it in normal time, but they had experience on penalties in some of the games last season, in either the cup games or the league or the playoff games, in uh, together to Wembley. But they, so they had already had experience of penalty shootout, so they did well there. And looking forward to see how they're doing the football league. As well, with the first time in the football league and the history, so you see how they're doing. Hopefully, they can knock out West Brom in the next round next week on TV, which I think is next Tuesday. Have a next Tuesday or next Wednesday on TV, I think it might be next Tuesday. So, hopefully, that, that'll go well for him, and hopefully, he can do very, very well in that competition and do well in the league as well. And good luck to them this season, especially having feet. Had a ex Leeds player in the team in Josh Falkingham. So good luck to Harrogate this season. Yep. And now we'll move on to the only game in the Carabao Cup on Sunday, the September the 6th. 
it was Brentford 1, Wickham 1. Brentford winning 4-2 on penalties. Um, I've not actually come to Mike on the Harrogate game. I've just realised. I was just going to say, I, I didn't want to talk about that one, right? I didn't have an opinion on that. So we'll come back to you there, Mike. Um, That's all right. I, I was just actually just going to echo pretty much what Russ said. Um, it was a good uh, victory for Harrogate there on their debut in the competition. Uh, we might as well uh, just leave it at that. To be honest, I think they they done well to you know um, get back into the game from going one nil down and, and winning it on penalties. So of course uh, I don't really know too much about Harrogate as a as a club, um, but I'll find out when they play Stevenage later on this season. So I'm sure I'll uh, know a bit more about them come the end of uh, you know this coming year. But yeah, it was a good victory for them anyway, nonetheless. Now we'll go back to Brentford versus Wickham, which the goals were scored by. Penuk after 32 minutes. That is Ethan Penuk. And then Dominic Gate got sent off after 48 minutes with a straight red. And then you've got Daryl Hogan, who scored for Wickham to take it to penalties. And then Brentford won 4 2 on penalties. So, what's your thoughts on this, Mike? Um, yeah, so obviously Brentford lost out uh, in the playoffs last season as well. Uh, Wickham won their promotion um, final as well. They, they won the final there. So it's actually, uh, you know, an old championship game, wasn't it, that one? I think they're both uh, championship for the coming season. Um, and it was quite an even game, actually, if I, if I remember rightly from the highlights I saw. And uh, yeah, you know, we, we keep saying that penalties is a lottery, but it is at the end of the day. And um you know, I think there's uh, there's plenty of positive for uh, both managers to take there. Um, early points of the season. And, uh, of course, Wickham doing it with 10 men as well. They uh, managed to get back into the game. And, you know, Dom- uh, Dominic Gate was the man that got sent off when they were 1-0 down. And they still managed to get an equaliser um, and then lose the penalty shootout. You know, but um, they've done well to, to get, into the, uh, get back into the game, I mean, and to uh, actually, you know, draw that game there. Um, and yeah, they were unfortunate. They could have probably won it, I think, in my opinion, as well, Wickham. Um, but yes, uh, two decent sides, really. And uh, congratulations to Brentford. And I'm sure they'll be up there challenging again in, in the uh, league capacity this year. Yeah. Um, as I've just said, it was quite coincidental that all three games that were on Sky all went to a penalty shootout which is not very often that you see that happening. So we'll now move on to leasing.com trophy. Does Russ not want to talk about that game either, does he know? So we'll move over to Russ and talk about Wickham versus Brentford. It's okay, right? I, don't, I don't really want to talk about it. It's okay, right? <laughs> Forget about me, like, forgot about Mike. How dare you, my friend? But anyway, I watched this game and I thought it was a very good game. Ethan Pinnock with a good goal. And then it was Ethan Pinnock's mistake, which led to Wickham equalising in this. And Wickham, like Mike said, I thought they deserved to go on to, to win this game in normal time. Gape will be a big miss for them the next three games coming up, including the game against Rotherham in the opening game of the season. 
but I think they deserve to win it in overtime. Brentford's new stadium, I must say, looks absolutely fantastic. And so I think, like I says, we'll have a gaping hole in that midfield now with Gabe suspended. Coming, my coming out with the dad jokes there. Right, I had to read it out of there for you guys. But yes, but I think it's a fantastic performance from Wickham and I think they'll do very well in the Championship this season. And I think Gabe, like I said, will be a big miss this weekend and the next couple of games after as well. Yeah, that was. I think it's only uh, one game. I think it's um, he got uh, two yellows. I think it's only out for the one game. He actually got a straight red. So we're going to the leasing.com trophy now, and I'm asking Mike to talk us through some of the games that happened on Tuesday. I've got to get those up in front of me. I didn't expect to be called up this early. I've got the Premier League and the League Two ones up in front. Um, so bear with me while I get the leasing uh, results up. Because um, I've uh, let's have a look. So it's the EFL Trophy, isn't it? Here we go. Uh, yeah. So let's have a look. So what we're going to do? We're going to do from uh, Tuesday the eighth of September. We're going to. Uh, we got any more from before that? Because I've got all the ones from the eighth on here. Yeah. Just from Tuesday, September the eighth. All right, I've got all them there. So uh, we'll start off with just running through the scores, and then we'll have a look some of these in a little bit more detail. Uh, so it was Exeter City three, Forest Green Rovers two, Gillingham two, Crawley Town one, Hull City one, Leicester City under twenty ones two, Southend United one, West Ham under twenty ones three, Mansfield Town nil, Man City under twenty ones three. Accrington Stanley seven, Leeds under 21s, actually the under 18s, as Russ pointed out, nil. Uh, Blackburn nil, Barrow, sorry, Blackpool nil, Barrow nil. Um, Bolton two, Crew three, Leighton Orient three, Brighton and Hove Albion under 21s two. Uh, Lincoln one, Scumfort one, with Lincoln winning uh, four goals to two on penalties. MK Dons beat Northampton by three goals to one. Uh, Newport County lost at home 1-0 to Cheltenham. Oxford United 2, Chelsea under 21s 1. Peterborough 3, Burton Albion 3. Peterborough winning 5-4 on penalties. Port Vale 0, Tranmere 0. Port Vale winning 4-3 on penalties. Portsmouth 2, Colchester 0. Sunderland 8, Aston Villa under 21s 1. Swindon Town 2, West Brom under 21s 3. Uh, Cambridge United 2, Fulham under 21s 0. Doncaster nil, Bradford City nil. Doncaster won four one on penalties. Bristol Rovers two, Walsall two, Walsall won four two on penalties. There, uh, Grimsby and Harrogate played out a two two draw, with Grimsby Town winning five four on penalties. Ipswich Town won, Arsenal under twenty one two. Morecambe won, Rochdale two, and Plymouth two, Norwich City under twenty one three. So uh, let's have a little look at some of these. Let's. Uh, Start off with this one, actually. In fact, we'll start off with Accrington 7-0 victory over Leeds' uh, under-21s or under-18s there. Um, and we'll come to Russ on that, first of all, the fact that he's a Leeds fan. Um, what are your opinions on uh, Leeds, you know, under-18s uh, getting trounced by uh, Accrington Stanley? Well, for a while, I was listening to the game yesterday, obviously, as I was watching England game. Live commentary was on 
LUTV, Leeds United's TV, and we're listening to on there with former Leeds man Ben Parker and number 123's commentator, number 21's commentator, Tom Hill. And they said for the first half it was men against boys, literally men versus boys, with the only outfield player who was playing. Tom Main, one of the main ages, was 17. That was the oldest one out there. We had a 15-year-old on the bench as well. We had a goalkeeping injury very early on as well. So I had to make a few changes very early on due to injury or tactical. But second off, played really, really well. Only considered two goals in the second half. Could have had a few goals second off as well from the sounds of what they were, from what they were both saying. But I think we're giving world a good going into the games because we're playing so as academy now has gone up to a category one status in so playing Premier League two football for the twenty threes in Premier League under eighteen games so playing against like Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea in the under eighteens and under twenty threes as well they've seen so go for that as well and if anyone's wondering why we didn't play as under twenty ones it's due to the COVID nineteen bubble and that we're training in the training ground and everything like that no one be able to train again until they got tested like today, but the other one and be and they're supposed to be playing a game against the practice game, made the ball session of the first team this afternoon with Thor Portrait of an evening session this evening, which the first team are currently doing right now. But I think you learning curve for him, they'll know what they need to do more. Jackson you could hear him on the sidelines yesterday barking instructions and getting praised in second half especially the, Seen a little bit of an interview with John Coleman. He was very impressive with with the perform response to Leeds United in this one as well. All right, so that was that game there between Accrington and Leeds. Uh, did you want to touch on that one, Ray? Have you got any opinions on that? Um, not really. Uh, I didn't know much about it. Okay, that's fine. We'll we'll move on then. Um, we'll we'll do what we're going to talk about next in regards to these uh, these games here. Let's um, talk about the young boy who scored for Grimsby, the fifteen year old. Uh, we'll come to you, Ryan, on that first of all. Of course, uh, let's have a look. Who were Grimsby playing? They were playing uh, Harrogate Town, and they won five four on penalties after drawing two two. Uh, what was your thoughts on that? And of course, you know it's great for this young lad to get a goal as well. Yeah, a 15-year-old schoolboy who's was on the bench for Grimsby getting the equaliser. Brilliant. It's it's great for the young lad and hopefully that progresses his career because that's going to be some talking point in most people's podcasts about a 15-year-old scoring on their debut for their for a professional club. Yeah, I was just reading the article as well on the Grimsby Telegraph. Um, there's a picture of him. It's Louis Boyd, the guy that, that scored the goal there. Um, and he was uh, back at Healing School today after becoming Grimsby Town's youngest ever goal scorer. And uh, you can see him there. He was all uh, suited and, and booted. And, you know, I think he's in uh, his school uniform there. Um, and then, yeah, you know, he's put that next to the picture of him scoring the goal. Um, and it's, it's great for the young guy to, to get that goal as well. And hopefully he can kick on from that. Um, 
You got any opinions in regards to that, Louis uh, Boys Gold Ross? I seen it earlier today, Mike, and I thought it was a fantastic goal. And Louis Boyd took it very, very well. Did well to get past. I think it was a couple of defenders on on route to Pueni Tin. And when he after he scored, everyone was jumping on him, giving him massive hugs. Not doing this social distancing, especially because his first senior goal, first professional goal at the age of 15, and then all hugging him and everything. And it's fantastic to see a young lad just at the age of 15, not even out of secondary school yet, getting his first senior goal for Grimsby and any, any club, really, to be fair. Yeah, that was excellent for, for him as well. I'm sure um, you know he, he had a lot of... Uh things to say with um, you know his mates and stuff about that as well. Um, let's have a look. What other games are there? Should we have a little uh, talk about this one here between um, Sunderland and Aston Villa as well? Sunderland won 8-1 against the uh, Aston Villa under-21s there. Um, what are your thoughts on that one? We'll come to you first, Russ, on that, on the, uh, the Sunderland victory. Well, a fantastic victory for Sunderland. Game much in confidence going into the game this weekend into the league. But as but it looks like the performance and the team it was a very young side from Aston Villanosh. And one of the players who played in that game for Aston Villa played in a friendly against Arsenal a few weeks ago. Like I think it haven't been last weekend or weekend before when Aston Villa played Arsenal and won in a friendly at the Emirates and but Ars in that game they got battered and I think he'll only learn from that moving on for this season and the player I'm referring to Mike who scored again scored twice against Arsenal in that game is that Jacob Ramsey he got booked in the 13th minute so he must have been won't have been happy with getting the card in that game must have been or the scoreline, but he must have been proud to play against some of the senior professionals at Sunderland and test himself at that level, having tested himself against players against, like, Sir Arsenal, who played in that game as well, like Speos and Ozil, getting a chance to test himself against other players as well, in case Villa decided to let him out down to that level. Yeah, that was actually, uh, yeah, he's done well in that game against Arsenal. We got two goals and... Uh... You know, he was up against Ozil and Ceballos and Aubameyang and some other guys there in that team as well um, and done well for Villa on that day. But of course, yesterday, uh, they were, he was on the, the losing end there um, in that uh, 8-1 against Sunderland. So what are your thoughts on that one, Ryan? Yeah, Remy Matthews making his debut for Sunderland after his move from Bolton to Sunderland. And what a game to make your debut for Sunderland I mean didn't really have much to do apart from con they conceded a penalty which he um, which Aston Villa conceded uh, scored from but overall seven shots one on target I think Remy Matthews must have had a quiet evening yeah, and uh, we're going to talk about one more game in regards to the Leeson Trophy there. Uh, we've got Sean with us as well. Hopefully uh, you're doing all right, Sean. Um, did you see or, you know, read much about the Arsenal game yesterday, the uh, under-21s getting the victory at Ipswich? Yeah, I, I've heard about, um, is it Bogan who scored the, um, is it, he scored the winner? 
So yeah. uh, it's, good, go it's a good victory for the um, under-21s. And George Lewis as well. George Lewis scored on the under-21 debut. Yeah, George, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't follow the under-21s as much as I do as the first team and the women's team, to be honest. So I didn't see, I, I didn't see the game, so... All right. Um, so actually, I didn't really see much of the game, but it's good for, for Arsenal to get that one as well. Uh, good uh, Ipswich side as well. And um, George Lewis and, and Balligan getting the, the two Arsenal goals there. Um, so that was, we'll, we'll probably wrap it up there in regards to the Leeds, uh, the Leeson Trophy. Uh, so we're going to hand back to you, Rob. We're going to, uh, do you want to cover some of the championship or... Uh, League One games or anything like that, or shall we? Uh, shall I jump straight into the fixtures for the Premier League? Uh, we'll go from L- League Two. Yeah, but I'm on League Two anyway as well, so I, I, that's fine. I'll just switch between to to this we'll page. From, yeah, we're going to go from League Two all the way to the Premier League. So we'll start with Skybet League Two, and Mike will be bringing you that. So the Skybet League Two fixtures for this weekend, the first week of the season. Uh, Barrow are at home to Stevenage. Bolton Wanderers are at home to Forest Green. Bradford are at home to Colchester. Cambridge are at home to Carlisle. Uh, Cheltenham are at home to Morecambe. Manfield are at home to Tranmere. Oldham are at home to Leighton Orient. Port Vale at home to Crawley. Uh, Salford are at home to Exeter. Newport County travel to Scunthorpe. Southend are at home to Harrogate. And Walsall are at home to Grimsby. Uh, so who wants to start with that one? I'll hand it over to you, actually, uh, Russ. Um, let's go through in order. So how do you think the the games are going to go? Let's start with Barrow and Stevenage. What do you reckon with that one? I think in that game, Mike, I think it'll be a close game. Barrow's just come up in it after I saw what Barrow can play like against Derby, a championship side. I think they'll give you a tough test, Mike. And I think Barrow may end up probably winning it or drawing this game with Stephen. I don't think you'll win, Mike. I think you'll have a draw or a narrow defeat in this one. I will say either 1-1 draw or a 1-0 to Barrow in this one, Mike. Sorry to say that with you being a Stevenage fan. Okay, um, I'll have my opinion on that shortly, but let's bring Sean in. Uh, what do you reckon, Barrow Stevenage? How do you reckon that one's going to go? Well, Barrow, Barrow looks to, to test themselves in the first game in League Two, so they want to get off to a, a good start. But I think Stevenage might have a bit too much for them. You know what I mean? It might be an end-to-end contest. You, you know, you don't know how it's going to go on the on the first day of the season. You know what I mean? It's going to be like pre-match nerves and who's going to break. Break who first? Yeah. Um, what about you, Ray? How do you reckon that one's going to go uh, between Barrow and Steamers, the newly promoted side and the side that got the reprieve, of course? It's going to be a tough one um, with Stevenage bringing in some conference standard footballers who are now going to have to make the big, massive step up to League Two. Um, but Alex Ravel. And Lyle, uh, Lenny Lawrence will bring some great experience to Stevenage. So it's going to be a tough game. You've brought in Jamie Cummins from Chelsea, who's, who is a very strong goalkeeper. And I think he'll do well for 
Stevenage this season. And I, I, I would like to see Stevenage get off to a good start, but I also like to see a newly promoted team to the Football League do well as well. So I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw here. Okay, and before we move on, I'm just going to have a say on that one as well, being the fact that it's my hometown club. Um, I think we started off all right, actually. When we played uh, in the Carabao Cup against Portsmouth, I thought we played some good football, scored two uh, early goals um, to go 2-0 up within, I think, about the first 10, 11 minutes. Um, and I think, you know, the attack was there, the, the attacking threat was there, and I'm sure Alex Rivell would have had him working on a few bits and pieces defensively. So uh, I think we'll do all right in this one. I know Barrow... They've just got promotion. They'll have a lot of momentum behind them as well. Uh, but I can see us uh, coming out on top here. And I'm going to go with a score of Barrow 1, Stevenage 2. It's going to be my prediction there. Um, and, you know, as, as Vice said, we've got some good uh, experienced players signing as well. Uh, Remain Vince a lot and Ben Coco and Luke Prosser. Of course, we've got the young lads that are coming from non-league and on loan from uh, higher up the footballing pyramid from Chelsea and Birmingham stuff as well. But yeah, I think we'll get the victory on the opening day and we'll uh, go to Barrow and win 2-1. Um, let's go to uh, Rye for the next one. And it's Bolton Wanderers home tie against Forest Green Rovers. What do you reckon on that? Yeah, Bolton are not looking too good. I mean, they brought in Anthony Sarsovic from Argyle, who got made captain as well. And they narrowly lost in the Carabao Cup game and Forest Green who have been in the league tw- this is their third season as well or second season so it's just good that they are actually looking good Alright so uh, we'll move on to uh, Russ to answer this one next so uh, how do you think it's going to go between Bolton and uh, of course their home game against Forest Green which uh, is uh, of course on Saturday as well Yes, I think Bolton will want to look look to bounce back after they got relegated last season down to the fourth tier of English football. I think Bolton will look to try and get back up for the first time of asking and I think they can will start off quite well in this game and I think Bolton may win um advantage. Yes, there's no fans there, but I think we're being at um more know the surroundings a lot better than what for a screen do? I think Bolton will get off to a win. 2 0 in this one for me, Mike. Okay, thanks for that, Russ. Um, Sean, what's your predictions against, uh, sorry, between Bolton and Forest Green there? Uh, well, Bolton got relegated, so they want to get off to a fly and start against uh, the secondary second uh, shareholder in Hector Bellerin. So, uh, Bellerin will be keeping an eye on that result as well. So, hopefully. That Forest Green won't let him down, but I think Bolton might might nick it. You know what I mean? I can see it going either way. All right, to be and my prediction on that one, I'm going to go one uh, nil victory to Bolton. Um, next up, we'll go to Sean for this one. First of all, Bradford and Colchester. Wow, that's uh, well, that's near my hometown club, Bradford. They're um, um, they're, they've been a you know, they want to be a good... They proved that they could be a premiership side. So, again, it could be like they could get up to, up to a, a good start. But Colchester ain't an easy ain't easy team to play against. I know there's some good things about them. So, it'd be interesting to see who comes out with the win. Or, or I'll go with one or draw between them two because I can't call it. 
All right. Um, Ryan, quick prediction on that one. Yeah, Colchester narrowly losing out to Exeter in the playoffs. Um, Bradford, who had some good players as well. So I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Right, and we're not going to cover all of those games. We'll probably do one or two more. I want to get Harrogate's game in there as well. Um, but yeah, what's your um, prediction for this one here uh, between Bradford and Colchester, Russ? I think Bradford will just edging Mike 2-1 to the Bantams. Okay, and I reckon I'm going to go 2-1 as well. Uh, so let's have a look. Is there any more that I want to cover other than the Harrogate one? Um, let's have a little look here. No, I think we're, we'll actually just leave it with that one now. So Southend and Harrogate will be the, the last one of League Two uh, that we're going to cover. Of course, there's, there's loads of other games as well. Um, and of course, you know, we'll, we'll pick some different games up for next time. We'll, we'll try and include some different teams for next week. Um, just because we're not including you this time doesn't mean we're not going to you know, include you in future times. Um, it's only because Harrogate had just been promoted, Bolton had just been relegated, Barrow had just been promoted, Steamy's got the reprieve as well. Uh, and Bradford are, are probably going to be up there as one of the favourites, I think. And I think uh, Colchester, you know, will probably be around the playoffs as well, in my opinion. So that's why I chose those ones. Uh, but we'll start with you, uh, Ryan. What do you reckon, Southend, Harrogate? Well, Southend have got a good side. They've now got... Ex Argo, ex Exeter City midfielder Mark Mosley as their manager. He's he's a good man. He got Weymouth promoted to the Vanarama National League. It's going to be a big test for him, but it's coming at the hands of Harrogate. I'm actually going to go for a two-one victory to Southend here. Right. Um... What about you, Sean? Southend against Harrogate, the uh, newly promoted side against the newly relegated side. Well, Southend want to prove from like last year from getting relegated because Sol Campbell didn't do a well. They were in so, all sorts of trouble, to be honest with you. I think I think Harrogate wanted, wants to get off to a good start, so I'm, I think they might be surprised. I think Harrogate will go. I think two one Harrogate for my prediction. Right, that's a bold prediction there, Sean. Uh, what about you, Russ? Do you reckon uh, you're going to stick with Harrogate as well, being a local side to Yorkshire? Do you reckon they'll be able to get it done? I think they will, Mike. But I think we could end up getting a draw. But I think it'll be a draw in this one and then hopefully get a win in the um sat in the um game next weekend. But I think it'll be a one-all draw between Southend and Arrogate this weekend. But hopefully Arrogate can get all three points. Okay, and I'm going to just give out a quick prediction as well. I think Southend are going to win that 2-0. Uh, we'll do one more, and that's the Salford and Exeter game because they're two uh, teams that are going to probably be in uh, the uh, promotion places as well, whether that's automatic or via the playoffs. Um, so let's go to Russ first of all on that one again. Salford and Exeter, this is the, the last one in League 2 we're going to be doing. So what's your thoughts on that, Russ? Salford to win 2-0. Okay, um, and what about Sean? Um, how do you think that's going to go? Salford and uh, Exeter in that one, two sides that you know could actually uh, be in the playoffs come the end of the season, maybe. Uh, I'm going to go with a two-all draw between them because Exeter want to prove that they missed out on uh, they narrowly missed out on the playoffs. 
Yeah, and what about you, Ry? Finally, before I just have a little, uh, you know, um, view on that myself as well before we uh, hand back to you to go into League One. Yeah, so Exeter missed out on promotion to League One after a four-nil defeat to Northampton, and I think Exeter want to get back to winning ways. Salford are a good, strong side. They've got James Wilson, the former Manu and Aberdeen striker. They they've got good potential, and I think it's going to be a narrow game. And I, I honestly think Exeter are going to nick this, and I've, I'm going to go 2-1 Exeter. All right. Um, and just a little prediction from me before we go into the League One um, section. I'm going to go 1-1. I think those two sides are going to be uh, both up there. They'll both be in and around the playoffs this season. And uh, I think it's going to be an opening day draw for those two. So uh, this has been the League Two section now. Um, I'm going to hand you back to Rye, who's going to do League One. Yep, so League One coming up. So Skybet League One. The first game we'll talk about in Skybet League One. Uh, I've got one place to start. And it's Plymouth Argo versus Blackpool. But I'm going to put this out to everyone else before I have my say. Because this is my hometown team. So I'm going to come to you first, Sean. Oh, wow. I mean, what a start for Plymouth to to get a, a good team in Blackpool. I, I think it's going to be very tight. And I think I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say 1-0 Plymouth for the home win. I think Plymouth will win. And to you, Russ... I think it'll be a very tight game, like Sean says, right? And I think it's going to be a one-all draw with Blackpool taking the lead. Argyle equalising very late on to snatch a point. Yep. And to you, Mike? Yeah, so I think they're both uh, pretty decent sides, really. Uh, I do think Argyle are going to win it, though. I think they're going to win this uh, opening day fixture by two goals to one. And my thoughts on this after a short cartel to last season and beating QPR in the Carabao Cup. I think we've got a strong side. We've got Lewis McLeod, who played for Wigan in in the Championship. We've got players that have played in Skybet League 2 as well. So I, I think we've got a good side. And I obviously think Honestly, think that Argo are going to win this, and I'm going to go for a three-one victory. Um, the next game we're going to talk about will be Gillingham v O City, and I'm going to come to you first, Russ. Right. This is going to be a tough game, right? All fans don't want Grandma Khan in charge at the moment. Gillingham seem to be doing well under Steve Evans at the moment. Was back in the last season play was curtailed and in the cup so far this season. I can see the only one win in this game, and I'm going to go for a Gillingham win by two goals to nil. 
and to you mike yeah i think steve evans has been a you know a really good uh, appointment there for Jimmy them and i think um i have to agree with russ as well in, in terms of uh, the the result and the way it's going to go i'm going to go uh Gillingham getting the victory by three goals to one this uh, this time out for me and to you sean Again, I don't, I don't fancy Hull winning this. I don't think they've, um, I don't think they're going to be, you know, up there for me for, into the promotions. I think they're going to struggle in League One. I think um, it'll be uh, Hull. Uh, who's the team they're playing again? Hull City. No, who, who's playing Hull City? Gillingham. G- I think three uh, 0 Gillingham. And my thoughts on this is. Gillingham have got a good manager in Steve Evans. I think that Ho want a bounce back back to the championship. But League One is a big, big step. And I I honestly think that Gillingham are going to draw this game and I'm going to go 1-1. The next game that we'll talk about... It'll be Swindon versus Rochdale. And I'm going to come to you first, Sean. Uh, yeah. Wow, Swind- Swindon, the promoted side versus... Um, they're going to be, you know, round to go to get off to a good start. I think Swindon might edge it. So I'm going to go 2-1. And to you, um, Russ... I think Swindon lost a few of the key players left over there last season. The likes of Jerry Yates, Owen Doyle's gone as well now with the two main strikes over there last season. But I think Swindon could still win this game. Watched they lost their main goal threat in Ian Henderson as well. I think it'll be 2 0 to Swindon in this game. And then over to you, Mike. Yeah, so um, in regards to this one, I think it's going to be, you know, rusted it there. They both lost players. Um, and I think uh, it's going to be a 1 1 draw, I think. I think um, it's going to, yeah, probably um, be all square. And my thoughts on this is that both teams are good enough to be in League One. I think Swindon are this, and I'm going to go 2 1 Swindon. The next game we're going to talk about is going to be Crew v Charlton. So Crew were promoted from League Two. Charlton were relegated from the Championship. And I'm going to chuck this out to Russ first. Charlton were very unlucky to go down last season. I think they deserve to stay up. And Lee Boy is a good manager. I think he'll get the best out of him and bounce straight back up. Ben Perrington, another good defender, will have still managed to keep there as well. I have, I think it'll be a Charlton victory 2 0. Um, we are go over to Sean on his foot. Oh, what can I say? Charlton have. Uh, Charlton got relegated last year, so they want to, um, like I said, get off to a flyer 
and they they don't they want to get back straight back up to the championship. It's going to be a tough task, but I think Charlton, I think Charlton might win two one. That's my prediction. And to you, Mike. Yeah, so it's Charlton. Who are they playing? Crew was it? Yeah. Yeah, so I think the the uh, momentum with Crew as the promoted side, Charlton are going to be struggling. Um, so I'm going to go for a two-one victory to Crew. I think, uh, yeah, Crew on the uh, on the back of promotion, I can see them getting uh, an early victory in this one. And, uh, yeah, going uh, and getting the job done against Charlton on the back of their relegation. Yeah, um, my thoughts on this Crew, good side, proved really good football last season. Charlton are a good side as well. Ben Parrington doing well at left back. Uh, I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw, I think, is fair reflection on this game. So the next game that we're going to talk about and the final game that we'll talk about is going to be Northampton VAFC Wimbledon. And we'll come to Sean first on this. Oh, Northampton. Northampton Town against AC Wimbledon. That's going to be a, a oh, that's going to be a very tight game. I, I don't, I don't think. Uh, I think they'll both share the points. I think I'm going to go with a one-one draw. So, and to you, Mike. Yeah. So I think yeah, the momentum is going to be with Northampton. They were just promoted, weren't they? So I can see them getting a two-nil victory this time out. And to you, Russ. Russ. I think Russ has froze. We might have to move on from this uh, and then bring it back when he's able to get in again. Okay, so that's everything from the... Skybet League 1. So we'll move on to Skybet League 2. Uh, Skybet Championship. So... Russ, if you're still there as well, um, just while you're putting that up on screen there, the, the Skybet Championship, if you're still there, Russ, and you can't get in, uh, put your last prediction there of um, the Northampton AFC Wimbledon one. Just put it in the chat. Um, if you can't join, or, or we'll come back to you on that one. Should we just should we get back to him on that quickly before we move on? Yep, we'll come back to you, Russ, on that. Sorry, guys, they just froze for me a moment. What game were you talking about, guys? It's the Northampton versus what AFC Wimbledon. I think Northampton will just edge it 2 0. No, 2 0, 2 1, sorry. Actually, I didn't even have my thoughts on this. Northampton lost out to Callum Morton, who's now gone to Lincoln. Um, it's going to be a tough one, I think, and I'm going to go for a 1-1 victory. 1-1 draw. 1-1 victory? I've never heard of them. <laughs> well, now we're going to Skybet Championship. And while we're at that, latest score in the Leasing.com trophy, it is 
Salford nil, Manu under 21s 6 with goals from Mishbury, Pugnall, Martinez, Helm scoring 2, McCann and Alanga. So moving back to the Skybet League Skybet Championship. Um, the first game that we'll talk about is on Friday, September the 11th. It's the start of the new season. It's Watford v Middlesbrough. And I'm going to come to Mike first on this one. Yeah, so that's actually a really good game, actually, to start off the championship season. Two good sides there. Uh, Watford, who, of course, were relegated at uh, the end of last season. Um, and, of course, they want to bounce back at the earliest opportunity. And uh, Middlesbrough, who, of course, um, yeah, yeah, another solid uh, championship side who I'm sure will do well this season. Um, it's, it's tricky to look at this one. I think Watford has still kept hold of a lot of the players that were still um, there from the Premier League season. I don't think they've lost that many. I know Decore has gone to Everton, uh, being the main one that they have lost. But... I think they're um, the fact they're at home as well. Uh, unfortunately for you, Ryan, I'm going to have to go two one to Watford. Yeah, uh, we'll go to Sean on this next. <sighs> it's going to be a di- it's going to be one of them games, isn't it? Difficult, difficult to predict um, because. What, like like Mike said, Watford just come down and they haven't lost all their all their players apart from Decore, so it's going to be one of them tight ones. But again, I'm, I think I think I'm going to stick with a two-one victory to Watford. And to you, Russ. Yes, I think it's going to be another victory for Watford. Like Mike and Sean says, we've not lost many of the players. Only Decore. Is really the main one that they've lost to we had last season. I think it's going to be a tough game for Middlesbrough. And I'm also going to go for Watford 2, Middlesbrough 1 in this one. And my thoughts on this. We've not strengthened as well as we could have. We've only brought in Grant Hall to date. And I think... Middlesbrough not strengthening could prove a downfall. Uh, Neil Warnock should bring out the best of the players. But I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Hopefully it's not a 1-1 draw, but to start the season, I'd be happy with a draw. So we'll now move on to... Saturday the 12th of September's games and the first game we'll talk about on Saturday's games is going to be the Wickham game against Rotherham and Russ we'll come to you on that one first Yes, as I mentioned, Gabe, missing for Wickham. That's going to be a big miss for Wickham this weekend. Real good. And there's real good over the weekend, actually, against Brentford in the Carabao Cup. 
Rotherham, who I've heard and from what I've read and from people I've spoke to, also look good. It'd be interesting to see how Rotherham do this. I think they've shown them quite well enough to stay up in the division. Wickham, I think they've fished a few players in. They're missing the beast. I can confirm with those still at injured at the moment. I think Rotherham will edge it 2 1 to the Millers. Um, we'll come to you next, Mike. Be good if I actually uh, unmuted. <laughs> uh, but no, I think I'm, I'm with uh, in agreement with Russ there. I think Rotherham will be um, the side to, to get the victory. Um, of course, Wickham have just got a promotion as well. Akinfema is out. Gape is out as well. Two um, big players for them that are going to be uh, missing. Um, so I think Rotherham will get the victory in this one. Um, I'm going to go 2-0. And we'll come to you now, Sean. Oh, oh Wickham, Wickham, first time in the Championship against Rotherham. First uh, promote, promoted against uh, Rotherham. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be end-to-end -end, end -end stuff. But I understand why people want Rotherham to win. But I think Wickham might win this one. I'm going to go with 2-1 win. Yeah, both sides starting the new season against each other after promotion from League One. So it'd be nice for Wickham to get off to a great start. It'd be also good for Rotherham to get off to a good start. But I also think that Rotherham are going to prove to be too strong for Wickham. And I'm going to go for a 3-1 victory for Rotherham. I just wanted to say something as well, because I know uh, Russ is quite a big follower of Rotherham there. Um, do you know what the record were when they played each other last season in uh, League One? I know that Rotherham did very well with him last season. I think they drew, I think they might have won down there and got a point up in New York Stadium, I think. I'm not 100 sure on that one, but Paul Warren. But what I do know is that Paul Warren, Richie Barker, Matt Amshaw and the rest of the coaching staff We've all looked at how Wickham played at home throughout pre-season, watched last game and last game on repeat, working on tactics to beat him. And now there's a big gap in early midfield with Dominic Gap not being there. They'll be looking to exploit that advantage this weekend and I think one of them can do that. Yeah, so the next game that we'll talk about will be be Norwich v Huddersfield we'll come to you first Sean <laughs> Norwich against Huddersfield oh that's going to be another tough game between two clubs that are you know that Norwich have want to prove themselves from getting from getting relegated from the Premier League because they didn't do well last season the problems that Norwich have that they didn't do in the Premiership was score goals. So um, it's going to be a very tight game, but I think Norwich might nick it 2-1. And to you, Russ? I think it's going to be a close game this one as well. I think Norwich will have too much for this field. I do hope this field have a good season, though. I know the Leeds' rivals, but Carlos Carbran, currently the head coach at Huddersfield, I think 
they'll have a good season on this field, but I think they'll go off to a losing star. Huddersfield 1, Norwich 2 for me in this one, Ray. And to you, Mike? Yeah, I think Norwich are going to get the victory as well. They're uh, you know, not always great in the Premier League, as, as has been shown. Um, but they, they have actually got still a, a pretty decent squad for the championship level. Uh, they've still kept hold of Max Ahrens for the time being as well. Of course, he's a, a real up-and-coming uh, talented player. Bundia as well. Todd Cantwell, of course, he'll be great at that level. Um, and uh, Timu Puki, of course, as well, who is a prolific goalscorer and he's got a, a good record in championship games um, when they were playing championship before when they got promotion. So I do think Norwich are going to get the victory here. Uh, and I'm going to go Huddersfield 1, Norwich City 3. Yeah, I've seen this before. Norwich, not the best in the Prem, in the Championship. They're always up and around the playoffs or even in the automatics. They've got Timo Pukki still. They've got Max Aaron still. They brought in Ben Gibson from Burnley. It will strengthen their midfield, especially after having a whole season out being out of favour at Burnley. Um, so uh, there's no way I could look anywhere past Norwich winning this. Norwich are a strong side, I think. So I'm going to go for a 4-0 victory to Norwich. The next game that we'll talk about is going to be the Bournemouth v Blackburn game. And I'm going to come to you first, Mike. Yeah, I just had to uh, remember that the Bournemouth went down. That was a, a strange one because they were Premier League for a while. Um, I think they've got, you know, pretty much uh, quite a solid squad. Um, they have lost Nathan Aki and Callum Wilson and, and Ryan Fraser, but they've still got a few decent players in there. Uh, I'm not quite sure what they've done in terms of uh, strength. And I'm just going to have a little look now as well. Um, but they have got a few players in there that have got Premier League experience uh, and I think that's going to be key for them and uh, I think they'll start with a win. I'm going to go uh, 2-0 to Bournemouth. Uh, to you, Russ. I think Bournemouth may struggle this season. I think they'll go after a winning stop, but I think they may struggle. And the reason why I say they may struggle this season is because They've lost Eddie Howe, who is very good at this level when he's been in this level before. And the Alabama have go through this division. I think they're going to struggle this season, but I do think they'll go off to a positive start in this one with a 2 0 or a 2 1 victory in this one. I'm not sure. I think Blabber may score later on, so 2 1 to the Cherries this season, but I think they'll make Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser. The penultimate game that we're going to talk about is going to be Derby v Reading. So we'll have Sean. Sean can talk about that. And if he didn't talk about the last game, he can have his say on that as well. <laughs> no, I didn't talk about the last game. Um, 
it, it's going to be weird to see how Bournemouth do because, like, like, like everybody said, they got relegated and they just lost Callum Wilson to Newcastle. Uh, Ryan Fraser went on a three and all them lot. So, uh, um, Blackpool, uh, I mean, Blackburn, sorry, are not an easy, easy team to push around as well. So, it's going to be a very tight game. I think Bournemouth might edge it to one victory and then we got Derby Dar- versus... Um, Reading, uh, I think Dar- I think Derby might be a bit too strong for Reading uh, in the terms of the squad they got. Um, I'm go- I think I'm going to go with a Derby three 0 win. And I'm sure that Nicole, who is a Derby fan, will be proud of Sean there for saying that. So we'll come to you next, Mike. So it's uh, Derby against Reading. Um, I think that's going to be a, a decent game. Um, as much as my uh, heart's telling me I want to say Reading are going to win 9-0, just for banter, uh, I think Derby will win 3-1. And to you, Russ? I think it'll be a close game. I think there'll be a goal in it. And I think it's going to be a victory for Derby, so Nick's going to like me. And I'm going to say it's going to be Derby 2, Reading 1. On Saturday, Nick. Good luck for the season. Um, my thoughts on Derby Redden. I think Derby, who missed out on the playoffs, um, brought in Rain Rooney in January, and he's done well for them. But Redden, I, I don't see them doing that well. So I'm going to go for a Derby victory and it's going to be Derby 3 Reading nil. the next the final game that we're going to talk about is going to be the QPR v Nottingham Forest I'm going to have my say on this first is I think QPR is strong side Forest who narrowly missed out on the final day of last season um, they're a good side. I, I think I think Forest are proved to be stronger, especially keeping Lewis Graben. Um, I think Lewis Graben will get a goal in this game, and I I honestly think that Lewis Graben will probably score, and Forest will win. So I'm going to go for a two-one victory. And I'm going to come to you first, Sean. Uh, which game? Which game are we on? We're on um, Nottingham Forest versus QPR. Oh, flipping it! Uh, Forest uh, nearly, uh, nearly uh, narrowly missed out on the playoffs, and uh, two very good sides in the championship. Um, I think. Like you said, Lewis Gavin's going to score, and and um, I think Forrest will narrowly nick it to one. And to you next, Mike. So yeah, I think that's going to be uh, quite an interesting game as well. Uh, two very decent sides there, um, and I know uh, QPR, of course, got knocked out of the. Um, cup there against Plymouth as well 
And uh, Forest, yeah, you know, they, they uh, narrowly missed out on the playoffs. Um, pretty much of their own, you know, uh, downfall, their own sort of uh, doing themselves, really. They kind of shot themselves in the foot, uh, did not in Forest. But I think it might be a stronger season for them this year. Um, and I'm going to go QPR 1 and Nottingham Forest 2. And to you, Russ. I think it's going to be a tough game. Forest bottled it and did the leads on the final day of the season and bottled getting into the playoffs last season. I don't think they'll bounce back, bounce back stronger this season. And I can see them getting off, to a, getting off with a point in this first game. 1-1. One, one. QPR one, Forest one. Yep, so that's everyone having their say on QPR v Forest. We'll now move on to the segment of the Premier League, which Mike's going to be bringing you. Right, so we've got the Premier League back this weekend as well. And uh, we've got some great fixtures to kickstart the uh, Premier League campaign, starting with newly promoted Fulham hosting Arsenal. Uh, we've also got Crystal Palace, Southampton at three, Liverpool and Leeds at 5.30 on Saturday, and West Ham and Newcastle at 8pm as well. And then on Sunday, we've got a double header between West Brom and Leicester and Spurs and Everton, and another double, head, uh, double header on Monday as well between Sheffield United and Wolves and Brighton and Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea splashing the cash, of course, as we all know. So, what do you reckon? Uh, we'll come to you first, uh, Sean, in regards to the uh, opener for Arsenal going to newly promoted Fulham. It's so uh, it's going to be one of those uh, like for fifteen minutes, like you know, it's going to be real tight, and then I think um, I think if we get the chances and Aubameyang scores the goals, I think we're going to be too strong for Fulham so I'm going to go for um, Arsenal 4-0 win I think we'll beat them OK um, what about we'll go to Ryan next what do you reckon Fulham Arsenal yeah Arsenal brought back in Danny Ceballos on loan for the season last Friday and I think that's actually a brilliant signing he was quality for Arsenal in the lockdown, the games that were played behind closed doors. So I think Arsenal have proved to be too strong. I mean, they've got Aubameyang, they've got Lacazette, Eddie Nkatia, Nicolas Pepe, Willian, who signed as well. So Yeah, uh, Mesut is back as well, and he's uh, possibly going to be featuring over the weekend. So I, I think that Arsenal will win this. And I'm going to say... A 3-0 victory to Arsenal. OK, so we've gone... Uh, Sean's got 4-0. Rye's gone 3-0. What do you reckon, Russ? 2-0? <laughs> Mike, you must have made me mad because that's actually what I was going to say. 2-0 to Arsenal. I think it's going to be a fantastic performance from Arsenal. I think they'll be too strong for Fulham. We'll probably get an early goal through Pierre, Emmerich, Aubameyang. And then later on, he's going to be calling you, Mike. Eddie Nketiah. He's going to be calling you to say he's put Arsenal three points on the board with a 2-0 victory at, at Craven Cottage. All right, so I'll make sure my phone's to hand then, just in case he does uh, give me a bow when he scores that one. Um, I'm going to go 
I, I think we're going to absolutely, you know, I, I like the way our squad's gone. I think um, whether we've got Leno or Martinez between the sticks, I think I'm, I'm comfortable with either. Uh, we've got Ceballos in there who complements Granite Jacker really well. And, uh, you know, Granite Jacker performs a lot better because of having Danny Ceballos next to him. Uh, we've got Pepe, William, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Eddie Nketiah, all really good attacking options. Um, you know, and I think we'll we'll do well, actually. And I think, uh, you know, we've gone 2-0, 3-0, 4-0. I'm going to have to put my boat, my uh, put it out there and, and say it's going to be Fulham 0, Arsenal 5 then, aren't I? <laughs> I thought you might have gone the traditional 1-0 to the Arsenal, Mike. No, we'll score more than that. I think uh, I think even uh, Aubameyang might get a few. I think he could get a hat-trick maybe against Fulham. Um, and of course, Lacazette's in there, Pepe as well, William. Yeah, I think we, you know, Fulham might actually get a, a bit of a rough time. Um, I think we could actually really show them up and, and get a real convincing win. I'm going to go 5 0 Arsenal. Uh, next game is the game between, we won't worry about that one too much. Uh, do we, we do, there's only a few Premier League games. Should we, should we get for them all right or should we just do the like three or four? Okay, that's fine, Sean. Um, we'll we'll go into this one anyway because uh, I was going to talk about this one. And then, right, you know, we can jump back to the next one if need be. Uh, Russ can start us off. Liverpool, the title winners against Leeds, the title winners of the championship. So, how do you reckon Leeds are going to get on uh, going to Anfield? Um, and yeah, Liverpool's uh, start to uh, trying to defend their title. Every game for Leeds this season is going to be tough. I know that already. Playing against. Like top six is going to be tough, but can pick up points against not so big at six. No, against the likes of we'll probably lose against the likes of Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, Man United, Tottenham, those sort of teams. But other teams we can pick off and get results from. I think it's going to be a tough game, but Liverpool always seem to drop off when they haven't got Jordan Henderson in the side, which they've. Looked, which they showed towards in the last season when they were out injured, showed in the Carabao in the Community Shield. I always say Carabao Cup against Arsenal, but Community Shield against our Community Shield against Arsenal. So I think we could get to him. I think we could get a draw in this one. I think it could either be a one-one draw or a two-one to Liverpool. But I'm going to stick in that count and say it's going to be a draw. For I'm going to get off to a point and say a 1-1 draw between Liverpool and Leeds. All right. Um, it looks like Sean's going to have to leave us in a minute. So what do you reckon on that quickly before uh, your phone dies? Liverpool, Leeds, give us a quick prediction. Well, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, champion, Premier League champions versus champions of championship. Oh, uh, I think Liverpool might have a bit too much for Leeds. So... I'm going to go with a respectable 2 0 Liverpool. Okay, uh, Rye, what do you reckon? Liverpool and Leeds, uh, the two you know, title winners. Liverpool, strong side. They haven't strengthened as much as I thought they would have. Uh, Leeds, I've brought in Rodrigo, who, in my opinion, I don't think he's not going to be quality enough for the Premier League. But, um, in all, in all fairness, I think Liverpool will prove to be too strong for Leeds. And Liverpool will win 3-0. All right, Sean's just left us as well. So thanks for joining, Sean. Um, 
he's just uh, out and about at the moment. So he's uh, on the bus um, and uh, yeah, we were going to lose him anyway. So he's had to shoot off. So thanks for joining in there, Sean, and giving your opinions and your thoughts. Uh, I think on the, in regards to this one, I think Liverpool will win um, by four goals to nil. I think, uh, you know, Leeds have done really well to be in the um, Premier League. And I think they will have better days, but I think Liverpool will absolutely, uh, you know, show them, uh, show them up this time. And yeah, four uh, 0 victory to Liverpool for me. Uh, Tom Lilly in the chat has gone three 0 victory to Liverpool as well. So uh, thanks for that, Tom, and putting your thought there, uh, your thoughts there. Uh, you can put your prediction for Fulham Arsenal in the chat as well because that's the only Premier League one we've covered so far. If you want to do that, um, next game is the three pm game. We'll jump back. Crystal Palace Southampton. What do you reckon? Uh, we'll go to you first, right? Yeah. Crystal Palace, they've kept Wilfred Zahar. So it's good keeping him. Southampton are going to be a good side this season as well, even though they lost Pierre Amiel Hoiberg to Spurs. I think Palace and Southampton will probably be a KG game. And I'm thinking it's going to be. A 2-2 draw. Okay. Um, before we go to you on that one, Tom's put in his prediction for Fulham Arsenal. We've gone Fulham 1, Arsenal 3 as well. Um, and of course, if you want to, we, we've done League 1 already. But if you want to put in your opinion uh, on what you think Plymouth, how they'll do as well, you can you can do that one. Uh, just put that in the chat there. So what do you reckon in regards to the game here between Palace and uh, Southampton, Russ? How do you reckon that one's going to go? I think Palace may have too much for Southampton in this one, Mike. They've strengthened well with Eze coming in as an attacking option. And I think him and Zahar will work well together. I know some people say they're similar sort of players, but I think if you have someone who's got similar qualities to you, they can take that much pressure off of you and, not, and they're not relying on you for that creativity and goals. I think Crystal Palace will be too strong, like I said. I think Eze will get a debut goal and I think it'll be 2-1 to Palace this weekend at Sellers Park. OK, um, and yeah, we'll do. There's only a few of these ones to get through. There's only two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and there's uh, after this one, there's only one more. So there's only another five, so we might as well just quickly run through them. Uh, I reckon it's going to be Palace 1, Southampton 1. Um, let's go to the next game, which is the 8 o'clock game. Uh, West Ham, Newcastle. Let's go back to Russ, first of all, on that. It's going to be a close game. Newcastle have done well in the transfer market again in Callum Wilson, Ryan Fraser, Jamal Lewis as well. They've also signed Jeff Hendrick as well, who I think is a decent signing. I think he's, and I think they're going to prov provide too much for the Amazon opening day. And Newcastle will win 3 0. Okay, and before I come to Ryan, I'm going to quickly uh, jump in with my prediction on this one. I think, you know, as you say, Russ, Newcastle have strengthened and they're uh, looking really good uh, with uh, some of the business that they've done in the window. And that's on the back of, you know, the uh, t the takeover falling through as well. Um, so I do think Newcastle are going to be strong. Of course, they've got some great attacking options as well. Uh, St. Maximum being the, the main one there who uh, causes a lot of trouble for a lot of defences. And I think he'll do that to West Ham. I'm going to go... Uh, West Ham nil, Newcastle two. What do you reckon, Ryan? Uh, regards to that, 
I think Newcastle have done well, strengthened well in the areas that they needed to strengthen, bringing in Jamal Lewis, uh, Ryan Fraser, Callum Wilson, who is a prolific goal scorer. I think they've done really well in that. And I think Callum Wilson's going to grab himself a couple goals here. So I'm going to go for a 4-0 victory to Newcastle. Okay, we've got one here from Sean as well. Uh, he's predicted Newcastle to win 3-0 over West Ham. Uh, what do you reckon, Sean, just put in your prediction there for... Uh, you did Leeds and Liverpool, didn't you? Put in the uh, prediction for Palace Southampton as well, if you want to. Um, let's jump to Sunday. Uh, and we'll go to Rye, first of all, on Leicester's uh, trip to West Brom. Yeah, Leicester not strengthened as much. Uh, they are looking to use some of the youth prospect. Um, and West Brom getting promoted from the championship. I think Leicester proved to be too strong for West Brom, who have had great starts to the season sometimes. But... I think Leicester will win this and I think it'll be a 3-1 victory to Leicester. I uh, think I'll have to agree. Leicester have got a, a fairly decent side. Um, they haven't really lost too many players. I know uh, they've still got Jamie Vardy there. And of course, you know, he's always a, a goal poacher. Um, Tom's put in there. He's gone 2-0 to Leicester against West Brom. He's also got Newcastle 1, West Ham 0 as well. Uh, and jumping back into League 1, being the fact he's an Argyle fan, he's gone Blackpool and Argyle to draw 1-1. Um, so, uh, what do you reckon, Russ, uh, with West Brom and Leicester? I think it'd be a tough, tough game for West Brom. First game back up, they've just got Callum Robinson back in tonight. And when they announced his squad number, they put CR, CR7 as well, because he's got the number seven share this season. But I think it'll be a tough ask for West Brom to get something from the opening game at the Orphans. And let's not have too much. And I think it'll be West Brom nil, Leicester City two, like Tom said as well. And I just want to say good evening to Kieran Riley, who's joined us this evening. Evening, Kieran. Hopefully you are, right, my friend. Yeah, hopefully you can uh, maybe join us for one of one of these in the future, Kieran, as well. Um, I know we're going to be wrapping things up ever so shortly, uh, probably in around about half an hour tonight. So I don't know uh, whether you'll be able to get on tonight, but for maybe next week or something, we could get you on for the third episode we do. Um, to talk about your side Wolves and stuff as well and how, how they're going to get on. Um, and uh, in regards to this one, I think it's going to be West Brom 1, Leicester 3 uh, as a score prediction. Let's go to the uh, 4.30 game on Sunday now. And uh, another side that has strengthened pretty well is Everton um, and they go to Spurs. So uh, let's go back to Russ first of all on uh, Angelotti against Mourinho. I think Mourinho's going to find it tough here, especially after Ancelotti has strengthened the last few days with the Brazilian Alan Decore today, Ames Rodriguez the other day as well. I think Ames Rodriguez will probably start in this game and probably score as well. I think he'll be a very tough game for Spurs. I think he'll be Tottenham 1, Everton 3 with Ames, possibly gain two of the three goals. OK, um, we'll just uh, come to you next, Ray, on that. Yeah, I, I think Everton have strengthened really well. Um, 
they've kept hold of Richarlison as well. Um, Tottenham have brought in Pierre Amiel Hoiberg from Southampton. As I said, I think that Everton have proved to be too strong for Tottenham, I think. And I'm going to go for a 3-1 victory to Everton. And of course, Spurs have uh, strengthened there with Matt Doherty is another name that they brought in as well. Uh, Tom's gone Spurs 3, Everton 3. Um, and uh, the fact that I'm an Arsenal fan, I probably shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to go Spurs 3, Everton 2. Uh, I think Spurs will nick it. Uh, I think maybe a Harry Kane winner um, for the North London side there. Uh, then let's go to the two games that take place on Monday. So we've got one at 6pm between Sheffield United and Wolves. Two sides that really uh, had a great season last season, didn't they, fellas? And uh, we'll go back to Raya first of all. Uh, how do you reckon it's going to go down at Bramall Lane? Well, Sheffield United have signed Oliver Barkey from West Brom today. And I think he might get chucked straight in the deep end in this game. And I think that Sheffield United are a good side. Wolves are a very good side as well. Just missing out on European football this season. I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Wolves. Which is the same as what Kieran Riley, Wolves supporter, has done there as well. Um, what about you, Russ? Are you in uh, agreement with those two or you got something a little bit different up your sleeve? I may have something a bit different up my sleeve. Maybe just have a quick check. I've got a bit, something a bit different up my sleeve. I think Wolves will win and if I'm just looking at the signings that both teams who have well, they've strengthened in this summer. Wolves... Fabio Silva from, from what I read, Porto fans are laughing at the price they've paid for that. Fernando Marcal as well, coming in from Lyon. Two signings there, but they've lost Dirty from over there last season, who really featured quite a bit, and they've lost a few of us who've not really featured much. As for Sheffield United, they've strengthened quite well. Especially Ramsdale, a good goalkeeper. Fondringham, a back, decent backup goalkeeper. Bogle and Lowe, decent full-back options to have on the bench. Ampadu, a decent midfielder to have on the bench. But they've lost likes of Lou Freeman, who was in around the team last season. I think it's going to be a close game. And I think it's going to be in this game at Molyneux. No, it's Abama Lane, should I say. Abama Lane, Sheffield United, 1. Wolverhampton Wanderers, 1. So okay, with, with Tom Lilly. Same as Tom. Tom's put in a 1 1 there as well. Uh, Kieran, there, the Porto fans are fuming that Wolves have signed their A team. Um, and I think uh, the Wolves A team there um, are going to get the victory. I think they'll get the job done. I'm going to go Sheffield United 0, Wolves 1. Um, and then the final game that we're going to talk about is uh, the last one of the Premier League. And it is Brighton and Hove Albion at home to Chelsea. And of course, Chelsea has strengthened loads as well in this window with the signings of uh, Kai Havertz and Timo Werner, Ben Chilwell as well, um, and loads of others. There's uh, a whole plethora of new signings that they've got in over at Stamford Bridge. So um, what about you, Russ? How do you reckon Chelsea will get on on the opening day, or the opening weekend, I should say? Well, I think Chelsea will win, and I hope they do win as well, after the way Brighton treated Leeds over Ben White, saying they were going to sell to saying we could have him and then saying we couldn't have him. 
But Chelsea, look at what they've done. They've strengthened quite well. They're fetching Timo Werner, Akim Zayek as well, Thiago Silva, Ben Chilwell, Xavier Mbaya and Kai Averts as well. I think Averts, Ziyech and Werner will all play a part this weekend. I think Silva may get a game. If, depending on how Rudiger and Christensen are in, in that one, so I think they'll play some part in this one. Brighton, not really, fetched in defensive options really, other than Adam Lallana, so they're worried about conceding quite a lot of goals this season. I can see it being a nice scoring game, and I think Chelsea will romp, in the words of Adam Forshaw, will romp it, mate, in this game. It'll be Brighton nil. Chelsea 5. OK, um, and what about you, Roy? How do you reckon Chelsea will get on on Monday? Timo Werner, a prolific goal scorer. Kai Havertz and Hakim Zayic, very great assisters and will chip in with goals as well. Thiago Silva, who could start. Uh, if they all gel together really well, with Ben Chilwell at left-back as well. It could be a very good game of football for Chelsea. So, Chelsea are going to score goals. And I'm thinking it's going to be 6-0 Chelsea. Wow, that's a bold prediction. Uh, we've got 4-0 from Tom there as well. Kieran's gone 3-1, so he's the only one that said that uh, Brighton are going to score a goal so far. Um, and I'm in, I think I might be in agreement with Kieran that Brighton might get one. So I'm going to go uh, Brighton 1, Chelsea 4. Uh, and that wraps up the um, fixtures for the Premier League, of course, with Burnley and Man U and Man City and Aston Villa both postponed uh, for the first week. So um, hopefully, uh, you know, they'll be uh, in action in the near future. I think they take place in uh, week two. I think they're both playing in week two. Let's have a look here. Um, I think they are. Uh, yeah, they are. They, they both got games in week two. So we'll cover them in, in week two a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's the Premier League. And of course, we've gone all the way through League Two and uh, to the Premier League now. Uh, and I'll hand you back to Rye. So, OK, we'll uh, hand you back to Rye now for the next part. Yep, the next part is their wrapping up time. So I'd also like to say thank you very much to Mike for taking over Skybet League 2 and the Premier League. Um, we've got Russ who's come in and gave his thoughts. We've had Sean that's give his thoughts. We've had Kieran Riley, Tom, uh, there's everyone else. We'd just like to say thank you very much for taking part. And you can also find us on Spotify, where after this episode is downloaded and uploaded to Anchor, it'll be out on Mixcloud, Anchor, Spotify, uh, Podcast Masters, and audio breakers i think it is as well that the podcast goes out on to and we'll now end it there and mike's just gonna speak about his interview 
that he's got lined up tomorrow. Yeah, so as you're aware, I'm doing the SFC interviews with former Stevenage FC players. Uh, spoke to Mark Westhead earlier today before coming on, former Stevenage goalkeeper. Um, and I've got former Stevenage striker Darren Stamp coming on at 3pm uh, tomorrow as well for episode 35 um, of the interviews there. So, you know, as I said before, we're uh, getting through them. And, um, you know, lots of great, insightful uh, chats as well with, with all the, uh, the ex-players that have said yes to it so far. There's only been one or two that have uh, declined the offer. So, you know, it's uh, it's great to get the majority of them on and, and to chat to the majority of those players. Uh, and, of course, that goes across uh, the Twitter page, SFC Interviews, and on Facebook as well. We've got a page and also a direct profile that you can go to, as well as it going out onto my own stuff, my own, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Facebook and that as well. So. That's going to be um, 3 p.m. tomorrow for that one. Um, and, of course, we'll be back here doing another one of these podcasts next Wednesday as well from 8 p.m. And I'm sure I would have done probably another few more interviews between now and then too. So uh, keep an eye out across social media for any of them. So thank you very much for joining and good night.